Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic discussion. And for this helpful discussion, I am thankful to be joined remotely today by Brad Bolliard, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Good morning, Brad. How's it going? Good morning, Eric. It's going great. Good, good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, this is a first. Uh, this is our first monthly economic discussion of the year. Uh, we we made it through. 2020 is, <laughs> 2020 is behind us, so we can we can sh- sh- you know put that put that away. Um, but 2021 has started with a bang. <laughs> so um, so with that said, you know our normal our normal road is talk about some positives in the market, negatives, and and then for you to give your conclusions. So why don't you start us off? What's uh, what are you seeing positively in the market right now? Yeah, definitely a great place to start, Eric. And let's start with the the jobs numbers. The U.S. shed 140,000 jobs in December, while the unemployment rate was unchanged at 6.7%. So that's good news there. Mm-hmm. October, November, job gains were revised higher also. Um, layoffs were concentrated at restaurants, of course, and other businesses that rely on large crowds of customers. Um, other segments of the economy actually posted strong employment gains last month. Hiring rose by 161,000 in white-collar professional rank. For example, um, 121,000 in retail stores. Though that the, incre- the increase in retail um, employment was likely exaggerated by the holiday season, of course. Yeah. Um, construction companies added 51,000 jobs. And that's amid a boom in home sales. Manufacturers added 38,000 workers to their payrolls. And employment increased by 47,000 among shippers and transportation companies who are delivering more packages than ever <laughs> to homes and businesses. Um, I know even personally, I've experienced some delays with uh, some of the package deliveries. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter really who, who it is. UPS, <laughs> FedEx. Yeah. I just got uh, a Christmas USPS. present yesterday. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. G- January 13th. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it wasn't needed for the holiday season or anything like no, that. But. No, but it was nice. Yeah. Just keep no, the, I, I keep have the holiday a, season going. That's that's nice. <laughs> I know even my utility bill was late, but luckily I, I rely on e- email and on yeah. our and our online banking service for that. So but hiring was also stronger in November and October than previously reported. Um the number of new jobs created in November was raised to three hundred and thirty six thousand from two hundred and forty five thousand. Job gains in October were revised up to 654,000 from 610,000. And the U.S. economy hasn't been hurt nearly as badly by the coronavirus outbreak at the end of 2020 as it was during the initial onslaught last spring. Um, Now, Eric, on the positive side, I also want to go over some manufacturing numbers and service side numbers. And um, as I go over these numbers, please remember that anything above a 50% is uh, reporting in the growth, um, reporting growth levels. So, and anything above 55% is is showing exceptional growth levels. So 
the manufacturing index, it climbed to 60.7% in December. So obviously in uh, the exceptional growth um, area, the highest level in two and a half years and the seventh month of expansion since the economy reopened last spring. New orders, 67.9%. Production, 64.8%. Employment, 51.5%. And backlog of orders, 59%. All rose. Hmm. While net export orders, 57.5%. So that number is still very high, but it fell just modestly. And nearly all were above the 55% exceptional growth level. Of the 18 manufacturing industries tracked by ISM, 16 expanded in December. Current business outlook is strong. Through the first quarter 2021, according to one executive at a maker of fabricated metal parts that are used in a variety of products, he is anticipating 20% growth in sales for 2021. Now let's go to the service side. The service index rose 57.2% from 55.9% in November. Production, 59.4%. New orders, 58.5%. And new export orders, 57.3%. That all rose and are showing exceptional growth. Backlog of orders, 48.7%. And employment, 48.2%. However, both fell into contraction territory. Most respondents are cautiously optimistic about business conditions with the recent approval and impending distribution of vaccines. Another very positive area, the housing sector. Housing sector strength continued into November as construction spending rose 0.9% as builders raced to erect more new homes. Spending on new homes shot up 16.2% in the past year. And in the last six months alone, spending soared by 48% annualized pace. Um, GDP, the Atlanta Fed's GDP now estimate of analyzed fourth quarter GDP growth currently sits at approximately 9%, down from the estimate high of 11%, but still a very solid number. Um, Estimates for the 2021 GDP growth are near 5%. The last action of the outgoing Congress was to pass the uh, $900 billion in stimulus and support, and the first action of the new Congress will likely center around providing more fiscal stimulus. So risks here are two-sided. Insufficient support could bring broad economic scarring, harmful to labor markets and key industries. Excessive policy could bring elevated inflation and higher rates cutting off recovery. Our expectation is that both extremes are avoided. Um, After a long road of back and forth negotiations, the UK and European Union finally arrived at a Brexit trade deal. Uh, Though there will be some final ironing out details, the overall deal is done, reducing what seemed like an ever-present uncertainty, of course, that lasted for a very long time. Let's talk about a little bit on the fixed income side of the market. The yield curve is positive in general, uh, mostly because of the large spread on the long end of the curve. The 10-year Treasury, um, around a 1.15%, the 30-year at a 1.88%. The Fed has said that they plan to keep rates low with their whatever-it-takes mentality. They expect to keep the federal funds rate in its current range of 0 to 0.25% until inflation has risen to 2% and is on track to exceed that number for quite some time. Also, until labor market conditions have reached levels which they regard as consistent with full employment, encompassing the Fed's long-term unemployment projection of 4.1%, along with higher labor force participation and stronger wage growth. Yields are likely to drift higher 
as growth picks up. Our expectation is that the 10-year Treasury could reach 1.25%, but with short rates anchored near zero, it's hard to see them going that much higher. Right. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a, a lot of a lot of numbers, but um, it seems like positive um, positive trends for the most part. Um, so, so you're you're feeling good. You're that, one thing that I notice, and literally, I'm just looking at them from a standpoint of how many how many bullet points does Brad have on the positive side and on the negative side? And there's a lot more on the positive side. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, overall, well, I do try to be a positive and... person, but <laughs> yeah, my my positive section is is definitely looking a little meatier than than the negative side. Yeah. Um, but you know, we like to see that. Obviously, uh, we we look for the positive numbers, the positive data. We are looking at positive yield curve. Mm-hmm. Um, we do feel like there'll be growth this year in general, but obviously, slow growth. I think even maybe single digits up closer maybe to lower double digits but um you know there's a lot of things in play where uh we do see that there'd be some agreement on a lot of things um this year so um also you do expect certain sectors to maybe work a little better than other sectors given political parties um so now now we're looking more at like you know the health sector tech sector maybe industrials over the finance and retail sector. So, gotcha. Okay. Well, like we said, you have you have a, a few bullet points under the negative side. So, what do you see in there? So, COVID nineteen. <laughs> hmm. The the path of the COVID nineteen virus remains the most important driver of economic growth over the next year. Uh, virus case growth has continued to accelerate following the holidays as the spread of a new, more contagious virus strain is adding to already record-breaking levels of cases and hospitalizations. Uh, Vaccine distribution has thus far brought a broader positive narrative, but increasing lockdowns remain an economic headwind. Our base case remains that vaccination will be effective and will allow for accelerated economic growth by the middle of 2021. Uh, Jobless claims, initial jobless claims dropped by seasonally adjusted 3,000 to 787,000 in the seven days into January 2nd, the four-week moving average of jobless claims was 818,750, and that's a decline of 18,750. Valuations in bonds and stocks are elevated. Interest rates are historically low, and with current inflation rates, real rates are negative. Most conventional matrix, um, that's the price to earnings, price to free cash flow, enterprise value to sales, they suggest global equities are expensive relative to their own history. Small business and consumer confidence. Um, They've seen a recent downtrend due to virus case surge. The closely followed optimism index compiled by the NFIB fell by five and a half points to 95.9 last month. And that's marking the lowest level since May. The Comfort Sports Index of Consumer Confidence stumbled for the second straight month in December to an 88.6. And it's the lowest level since August. Hmm. So consumers aren't quite as confident as they were before, but still, still a strong number. Yeah. And your, and your, uh, previous point, the, the valuations, um, that with things being elevated, is that, let me just make sure I understand. So you, they're saying stock prices are, are essentially elevated right now above what they think they should be. Um, yeah. I mean, right. Um, and I would say, you know, prices, we're, we're waiting more for like earnings numbers this year. Mm-hmm. We do feel like the earnings will catch up 
to some of the valuations in the stock market. Of course, this doesn't apply to every sector. Sure. The, the energy sector, I would still say that those values are still a, a little low. But, um, you know, we've definitely seen a great run up in some of these sectors uh, over the past year. And uh, but earnings are very important. And of course, I do feel like there's some pent up demand, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just think about your own your own life, what you've not done the past year. Maybe you've not gone to as many concerts. Maybe you've not uh, went on as many trips as before. Maybe you're used to flying two or three times a year. So you didn't do that. Um and you know cruise cruises maybe you know people that usually go on a cruise once a year or once every couple of years or maybe once a lifetime maybe, you know they obviously didn't get to do that last year either right. um so there's many a lot of pent up demand we do feel like the earnings will will catch up to some of the valuations in the market right well and i'd also read some articles i'm curious your thoughts that that some of the the run up of of some um, stock prices was related to people, basically this people being stuck at home and using some of those low cost or no cost stock trading platforms to, um, just, they're just putting their money in there, but they're basically day trading or playing. And, Mm -hmm. and it was artificially (laughs) inflating some things because a lot of people were kind of putting money in and, and playing around. Does that, does that have any effect on it overall or? I think there is some cash on the on the sidelines, um, and I, I do think people will put uh, some of their extra funding into play. But you know, you're you're looking at uh, some of the uh, fund money and, and and you know trust money, wealth management money, and so on out there. Whereas you're going to have a a lot of people look to see where the next um, opportunities are or any changes in the market and so on. I know we're not going to be quite as um as leaning towards like the large cap growth area maybe leaning more towards large cap value and small cap and mid cap small cap mid caps done very well even over the past year Mm -hmm. so those are some areas that that we'll be looking at um to to spend some of the cash that's uh that's just kind of been sending um tactically on the sidelines and also with even though the fed has their lower for longer mentality you do still have um, some. We want to maybe look towards more like the short duration area, ultra short area, and that way, as rates change in the future, not necessarily anytime soon, but sometime in, in the in the greater future, you want to be ready to take some of that short term money, invest it in the longer term rates. But still, right now, some of the opportunity has been in the longer term in terms of taxable munis, for for example, and so on. But We'll definitely have those opportunities with some of the ultra short funds also and the cash funds to invest in those higher rates in the future. But, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but, um, and a lot of things to consider, but that's, that's why we're here and, and continue to do the research that we do. Right. Right. All right, Brad, you want to, you want to wrap it up for us? What are the conclusions uh, that you see from, from everything going on right now? Well, you know, in general, the equity markets climbed still further in December. Investors continue to focus on positive news impacting the markets and the economy. A slimmed-down version of additional stimulus was passed, as you know, and many taxpayers have been getting their checks, their relief checks. Uh, more and more drug makers continue to to boost to boast about impressive efficacy rates for COVID-19 vaccines, offering much-needed hope on that battlefront. 
As we wave goodbye to 2020, it's almost hard to believe the S&P 500 was up 18.4%. The S&P was up 18.4% a year with so much turmoil. So hopefully 2021 will be a steadily improving and less volatile year. Um, There are a few concerns that we're monitoring as we enter the year. COVID cases, of course, continue to soar. More states are reimposing restrictions causing consumer and business confidence to trend lower. Valuations are also elevated in both equities and fixed income markets, meaning elevated volatility is much more plausible. Overall, we do expect the recovery to continue as vaccines are distributed. Uh, led That's led by the rotation to cyclical equities that we've seen over the last few months. Uh, we expect earnings growth in the 19 to probably 21% range, we only expect to see equity returns in the mid to high single digit range, as I pointed out earlier. Um, this will allow valuations to consolidate from their extended levels. Um, at the December FOMC meeting, the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell reinforced that the Fed is expecting to keep rates at the zero bound and continue to make large scale asset purchases until both of their policy objectives are achieved. For rates, the Fed's own projections suggest they will hold to the zero bound for at least three more years. Uh, for asset purchases, they they likewise implied it will be multiple years before they see substantial progress towards both of their mandates. With the Fed expected to be on hold through 2022 and inflation stuck below the central bank's 2% target, it's difficult to see Treasury yields making a big side upside move. Uh, currently, we are neutral cash. We're neutral fixed income. We're focused on quality, uh, not purchasing anything less than uh, than a B, AA, one Moody rating or triple B S&P investment grade rating. Uh, we are selective on taxable and tax-free munis. We're modest underweight to high yield. Usually you don't see as many defaults in high yield after the initial default, default phase that we saw earlier this year. Uh, judicious use of preferreds around the 2% of poor level of portfolios. Equities, we are neutral to modest overweight. With the election results and regulatory changes expected, we do prefer healthcare and industrial cyber energy and real estate. Awesome. All right, Brad, thank you so much for your time today and, and giving this, uh, the, the information for this first month of the year. We really appreciate you joining me. Definitely, Eric. It's always a pleasure to do this podcast with you. All right. If you, if any of our listeners have any questions or would like to learn more, what's the best way they can get the support they need? Yeah, I mean, definitely reach out to your wealth management officer. Uh, we're happy to meet with you, whether it's by you know Zoom or Windows Teams or, or just a simple phone call. Or, of course, you can always schedule an in-person meeting. We'll, we'll be happy to set up that with you course abiding by any uh, COVID-19 precautions um, and you know just reach out even to the call center if you if you do not have a wealth management rep yet and uh, we will get in contact with you that way also excellent yeah and you can find uh, the team members and contact information at mybank.com slash wealth uh, and that brings us to the end of our show you can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcast app and we're on basically all the podcast apps out there. So find us on the one you prefer the most and uh, and subscribe and, and give us a five-star review. That helps other people find helpful information like Brad provided today. You can also ask questions, request a topic for us to discuss or sending an email by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. 
Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.